I will be reading out of 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason we did not know Him, the world does not know us, Jesus, for one second, I'm sorry, the reason the world we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. All who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is. Great scripture. Thank you, Lord, for your living word. Thank you. Questions for everybody this morning. It's this. You ready? How does God view you? Now, from an earthly perspective, we often think we are viewing God a certain way, but how do you think God views you? And another way to state that question basically is who are you? Think of how God views you. It's an important question. And by the way, when you go to answer that question, you can't say your name. Hey, I'm Bob Huffman. Don't need that. It's a name that my parents gave me. It's a special name. That's all good and, and, and fine. You can't use your profession. You can't use your title or your status. You can't use your physical makeup or your doctrinal position or your denominational preference. Who are you? an important question because it's about the life now and the life that moves on to eternity. And the answer is actually very life altering Why? Why even ask that question? Because the who God says we are that matter. And it determines what we do. Dr. Neil Anderson says, you live your life by what you believe in terms of who you are. Now here's, here's the thing that, that many of us get caught up in as disciples of Jesus. We often determine our self-worth by what we've done in the past. In the most bizarre way, we often determine our sole purpose and our sole meaning, and even the development of our character based upon self-hatred, self-condemnation, as Brad has faced several summers ago, how we compare ourselves, addictions that we just seem to be stuck in, horrible words, power plays that, that are said and done in our lives that we replace over and over in our minds. And strangely, we wind up standing in line to purchase these crazy tickets for the self-condemning merry-go-round. And it can be so emotionally draining for some of us. And we're on that carousel horse. You've been on the carousel. You're coming on to this horse for your life, and you don't want to let go. At least, kids, 
right? We just don't want to let go, and we hope it's going to stay fixated on our past, how we've lied, how we've cheated, how we've stolen, unconceivable sins that we've thought about and have actually done, how we've disrespected people of different races, cultures, creeds, how we harshly have treated our neighbors, and even some people due to their sexual orientation. We continue to sort of focus on the past. And then we say to ourselves that the march of goodness ever comes back. And we as disciples even have the hardest time finding forgiveness in God. And maybe more importantly, forgiving ourselves. We have this crazy adult thinking thinking, I call it, where we say that we are the worst sinner of all, more than what the Apostle Paul calls himself as being the worst sinner, and we let the devil accuse us. We let our spirit become callous. We have this emotional dog loose that is so restrictive that we overcomplicate our lives and overcomplicate our faith, and we wind up hiding in our busyness. And what happens in life is it becomes this towering, impassable wall, even as Christians. And God seems like this gigantic, intimidating umpire where we just tower. God seems harsh, cold, demanding, enjoys condemning, and is nitpicking me for every mistake that I make in life. And we just disappoint if I was in a baseball game, which I have been, it seems that we've thrown away the game of life with too many balls, too many wild pitches, hitting too many batters, making fielding errors, and it becomes very exhausting and really confident. And we say to ourselves, even as believers, that losers do not belong to God. Brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you, don't believe the lie. This is because you'll miss, you'll, you'll miss the abundant life that Jesus promises us in John 10. You'll miss the peace that He promises us in John 16 33. You'll miss the rest that He promises us to come to Him, all who are weary and heavy laden. You'll miss that it's not in Matthew 11. You'll miss the hope that actually rescues us from, from loneliness and despair. The abundant life, says Jesus, is not one that erases the past. You know your past cannot be erased. It's not like someone pressed a, pressed a clear button when you became a Christian and everything went away. But the abundant life says, fill your soul with Christ and you will be transformed, you will develop a new mind, a new heart, you'll learn from the past, you become a new creation in Christ, and in Christ, God will never use your past against you. Listen, as far as the east is from the west, so far God has removed our transgressions from us. Our deliverance is the Christ. 
you cannot save yourself. I've tried. Jesus, our Master, our Savior, our Lord, and our King, He wants your self-condemnation. He wants your self-hatred. He wants your self-absorption. He wants your self-guilt. In His body, on the cross, because Isaiah says he was pierced for our sins and crushed for our transgressions. And both Isaiah and Peter said, by his wounds we have been healed. What a problem. My goodness. And all we need to do is realize that soul healing is about accepting our adoption, certified with the blood of Christ, are adopted into a family with a new name, a new life, and a precious God. New life happens in Christ. First John 5, 11, and 12 says, He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son does not have the life. In Romans 6, 4, it says that we were buried with Christ in baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of God the Father, we too may live a new life. It's precious. Christ has come to give us life. And we often think about this life being this eternal life that we will live forever with the Father. Yes, that's all true and that's all good and we will be stored when Christ comes. But that's only half of it. The other half is that life in Christ starts now. It's by becoming a born again child. So how does God do it? That was the question that I asked. As a masterpiece, as, as, as an incredible child, fearfully and wonderfully made, his masterpiece. In Christ, this is who I am. I'm the child of the king. I'm God of my daddy. I got to ask myself, why? Out of God's tender and passionate love that holds no limits. It's love that turns the world upside down. It's a love that He initiated for us to come to Him. It wasn't us. He made the first move to love us. And I want you to think about this how the depth and the width. How, how big the love of God is. It, it's more than our finite minds can, can understand. It goes to the reaches of the universe. I want you to think for a second, one quality, one characteristic of God's love in your mind. The love of word is beautiful in your mind. What's the quality of His love? Got it? It's not right there in the text. to be one word. Tell yourself, 
Because if you just kind of open up that word and dissect it in terms of the character of God and what He has done for each one of us and what He continues to do, it goes to infinity. That's what God says about it. And you just said something totally different. It was Jesus who came to express the Father's love in such a way that he literally broke open the hardened nut of law-based religion, and in the nut was the fruit of God's love. He destroyed all that rule-based, performance-based, do I need to be perfect every single day type thing. He showed his love in, 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 a, in an amazing way. It's a love that turns the world upside down. And why did the Apostle John use the word children? Children of God is an enduring term. It's an enduring term that we gather and bond as true believers to recognize God the Father and Christ the Son in terms of what He has done in an age of relevancy, in an age of lost faith, in an age of New Age Gnosticism, in an age of doubt, when John wrote this originally, the church was off filter in terms of the basis of who Jesus was and is. The children is a prevailing special name used in this passage, promoting gentleness, promoting purity, gathering in faith for one common purpose, and it's this that we are God's children, born and raised in the likeness of his heaven. And the world that when it comes to God's name, God said, because they did not know Jesus. In John 1.12, there's a great promise there, which is God has given us the right, the legitimate spiritual right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. And the scripture goes on, is that out of natural descent, not of human wisdom, not of a husband's will, but born of God. John 1 4. And Ephesians 1 5, it literally tells us that we have been adopted into God's family. Just as we are. We have to prove anything, we accept it, we belong in the family, in the spirit, in the spirit of things, spiritual DNA of Jesus. In John 10, 28, it tells us, Jesus tells us that no one will ever snatch us, snatch us out of his hand. What a promise. So once a child, always a child. And understand this, that Heavenly Father loves us in the rain, in the sun, in the storms of this life, when our minds question it, when our emotions be Pray it when our souls doubt it. Our Heavenly Father loves us as we are. And as the late author, Brother Manning, said, our Heavenly Father loves us as we are, not as we should be, but we never will be as we should be. Let His love be a catalyst. This is what this verse out of Hebrews. Let His love be a catalyst for your guilty conscience is literally straight and clean with the blood of Christ. 
can do this. So as a child, what does all that mean? As a child, I know I'm what. And God is intimate and involved in my life. He's compassionate. He shows me care. He shows me kindness. He is gracious. He gives me a gift I don't even deserve. He is slow to anger. He's patient with me. And it has he been patient with me. And he's abounding in love. The scripture even tells us that he's willing to defend me. And he will not allow my foot to slip, the psalmist tells us. As a child, I can lean into his arms and find strength and assurance and contentment in life. As a child, I can see the beautiful, unique qualities of people around me, all races, all genders, all languages, all God-given gifts with no judgment. As a child, I find purity again in innocence and realize that I have a new perspective, a new view on life. As a child, the weight of fear, the destruction of self-criticism, and the baggage of overcomplicating things begins to fade away. As a child, I have become teachable, letting the Holy Spirit lead me and guide me through the pathways that are ahead of me in my life. And as a child, Watch children of They're out there wild with imagination and wonder of the world. Let's head up. Here is a musician, songwriter, wrote a song called and I thought this was very appropriate to share with you. Uh, I need to read some, some of the lyrics of this song, and it was this. Here it is. I was walking and praying for a glimpse of the Lord, just to know He was walking with me. The past I confess I've given my heart, but the memory won't let me be. Then my mind dies, an image appears of a tortured man nailed to a tree, his face hid by hair soaked with his blood, lifted up, and I saw it was me. You've been there, you've been there, you've done that, so let yourself go. All is paid for and done. The famines that haunt you are under the blood. Go play like a child in the sun. Go, child, and play in the sun. As a child, I know, I absolutely know, I am assured that there's nothing, absolutely nothing that will separate me from the Father's love to Christ. Nothing. Nothing in heaven, nothing on earth, no angels, no demons. No matter how badly I mess up, no matter what circumstances or situations I'm confronted with, God loves me. And if there was any anger, on God's part, for me, of something I've done, He poured it out on His Son on the cross. In Matthew 18.3, Jesus says, Unless you turn to become like children, you will never enter the kingdom. In Mark 10, 13-16, Jesus demands the children to come to Him and 
sit on his lap so he could bless them. He knows that children do not overcomplicate and overthink the faith. He knows that children trust fully in the support and encouragement of their father. He knows that children do not hold records of wrongs. They go out in the now moment in the giggliest fashion. You know what I'm talking about, watching kids. They're giggly. Why, why, not, why not we giggly? The child of the king go out and play and laugh again. Children, we realize, are alive and play and wonder of the world, and they are loved in the good times and bad. And this realization, this, this transforming message, message of our adoption, our acceptance, our belonging as a child of God, actually provides an unshakable foundation for our position in Christ that we may fulfill our sanctification and please God and honor God in all that we do, and it adds vibrancy to our faith. Can I tell you how many times I have faced the devil, face to face, when I claim my special status as a child of God, and I said, you know something? My dad is more powerful, more incredible than you are. Now flee. You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Is what Jesus is called. How Jesus is called to the devil and the wilderness. Flee. So I'm reminded very clearly about my acceptance as a child. I don't think it This was my thing. It's taken me some time, and I, I can't just be very vulnerable with all of you. It's taken me some time. It's been 11 years since my dad To realize how much my earthly father was me and amazing. How amazing he was. And how to this day he gave me a better understanding of God's love for me. And he gave me even a taste. I'm not alone with the guys in this room in terms of your relationship with your parents. It was also good. So back in the day when I was a child, I think God's nature used to give me a hard time. I thought to speak up. I was a Dodger fan, big Dodger fan. My dad would take me to Dodger Stadium, the big blue one. Okay, we were. <laughs> well, Angel, you're. Oh, okay, you get it. Um, and can I tell you, sitting on the on the second level, going to watch the pregame and, 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 and just watching Sandy Koufax pitch and hearing the pop in the catcher's gloves, I, I didn't have to watch the rest of the game. That was like, that was it. That was just totally it. I want to pick, I want to play baseball. So what we did is we constructed a mound in our backyard. Primitive, decent, measured it out. Home plate was right on the mulberry tree across the road. And some would argue, maybe most of us, the team is next to the baseball. But some would argue that the most intelligent, most dangerous, most difficult position on the field is the catcher. So that's what my dad did. Across the yard, free. For years, taking shots to the kids, chasing my wild pictures and the only anger, trying to 
trying to find the balls in the juniper. My goodness. Oh, my God. Great, great, great memory. And then watching him just sort of, I just hired him. I didn't have really that guy. I mean, I could give a gospel, but still, maybe it wasn't enough pattern. But he was, he was manning the hand at night. My earthly daddy, Russell B. Was listening to the strike and the ball and the wild pitches. He because he wanted to make me the best. I don't need to be the best picture I could possibly be. My dad never yelled at me. He had a very close life. And when there was a ball that hit his body, I heard it. It, um, it was never at me. He never directed his, his words at me. He was just either mad at himself or whatever it was, but affirming, correcting, yes. But every ball and every wild pitch I understood was that, that was one more pitch closer to giving his did I make the throws? No. Did I have good games? Yes, I have some good games. I had some bad games. And as the years went by, as I grew older in my senior years, senior years, I could still see my dad touching under the mulberry tree, but also watching me behind head plate in the storekeeper's box, smiling at everything. And I knew that he was there. He gave me the hope for a better He knew all I could throw, and if I lost the game, I knew he loved me. He was telling me. And he loved me in my worst than my best day I was his child. Of God does it best. We are the children of the human We will steal the mess. And we will dirty our dishes. And we will have bad grades. And we will throw plenty of wild pitches. And we will throw plenty of balls. And we will hit plenty of batters along the way and feel terrible. And we will lose games and get pulled out as a pitcher in the first inning. I've done that. Okay, not proud of it, but hey. I get it. <laughs> so here's the deal. The life in our minds will never be perfect. It won't. And here's the promise of Scripture. That through one sacrifice, through Jesus, we have been made perfect. And we are complete in Christ. Your new name, your new identity, your new relationship, your new purpose, your new reference point of what I asked in the very beginning of how does God do this? Who are you as a child of God? We'll help you with a more abundant, God-fulfilling, and joyful need. It will. More confidence, 
I'm, I'm really hoping that this message that the Holy Spirit would use for the emperor and give you energy that you would really help you in your love, walk, and faith as you honor God in your life. I'm going to end by saying this statement. You can say it with me. You can it after me. If you want to say it throughout the week when you're having a bad day and you're making mistakes and you're feeling too much milk or you're having too many pictures, whatever, and batteries, whatever it is, say this with me. I'm a child of God. I am a shepherd. I am lost. I have been gifted with all spiritual blessings. My other one. Lord, thank you so much for your most incredible love that expands to the far reaches of this universe. And you showed us in your Son, Jesus, loving us, demonstrating your love. While we were still making mistakes, we were still far away. We were considered enemies. We were considered sinners. Whatever it was, you were still making mistakes. You loved us. And sent your Son to die for us. Help us to, to just maybe recapture, reframe how you view us as your children. Because of the things that we did, turn it to out and pray to God. In Jesus' name, amen.